Welcome back, everybody. There's another episode of Rage Across the Internet. I'm your host, Daniel Tyson. Yeah, man, that's weird when I say that. What the fuck? Hey, hey, get, hey, get out of my chair, you creep. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Porter. Welcome God. back. God damn. Is this a mutiny over here? Nothing. Worth a shot. Oh. Hi, everybody. This is another episode of Rage Across the Internet with your actual host, Porter. To my left, as always, producer Joey. Hey, guys. And the guy sitting in the corner for the rest of the episode is our guest, Daniel Tyson. Danny. Hey. Good to be back. Mutinous. Even even from over here. Keep your nose in that corner, you prick. (laughs) So, hey, uh, how are we all doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Danny's in the corner. Um, so yeah, everything's normal. <laughs> normal? <laughs> Showboat and bitch. Well, it's good to be back. How about that? Well, it's shockingly, it's still good to have you back anyway, even for that nonsense. Um, and, uh, you know, it turns out you're here for a reason. Yes. You know, we are, uh, we're doing our second episode in the Auspice series. And today we are hitting the Philodox, so of course, while I have played a Philodox, and, and Joey has played a Philodox, Danny is currently our Philodox, so we thought, uh, who better to have on the show? That's, uh... And then they weren't available, so we got Danny. Oh. <laughs> wow. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Second place. Don't tell him about the other four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Did it>? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> so I'm glad to know that. So it's part two of our auspice series. Again, we remind the uh, the uneducated, you know, that the auspice is, in fact, the sign of the moon that was shown when Agara was born, and that dictates the role in Agara society. The Philodox, as the half moon, is the, the keeper of the ways, is the judge. Law and order, and law and order in Danny this time. <laughs> and you know, series developed by Dick Wolf. Yes. Coincidence? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> what? So, why? A conspiracy theory. Oh, we'll get to that, my friend. <laughs> but uh, why don't you start with um, why did you pick a Philodox? <sighs> well, when I first picked my character, you know, going through all the jobs all the auspices, I'm trying to decide what I wanted to do. If I wanted to be easy, and I wanted the easy one, I was probably going to pick the Haram. Battlefield. Hacker Slasher. You know, if I'm picking a video game character or something, that's that's the one I pick. Um, but I went with Philodox instead, because it seemed a little bit more than just, I don't, know, I don't want to be rude to the other Haram's here, but like... It seemed a little bit more than just the mindless flailing and clawing and, and killing. Well, there's definitely more to around than that, but I understand your I understand why you thought that way at the time. At the time, yeah. I mean like I probably only read a few, you know, overviews of each of the auspices. Yeah, a little sentence or two box top kind of bullshit. Right. Yeah. And and those two, the Philodox and the Haran, were the ones that spoke to me personally. But because it was you know, something new, and you know, I was told that Werewolf is not your typical you know, RPG. It's more of just the story than it is you know, the looter. I wanted to get the most out of it. So you know, pick the next one that speaks to me. Maybe this will get you further. And I like how you, know, you went for not the easy pick. You, know, you challenged yourself. And I think that'll allow your character to stretch and to grow. I believe it has a lot already. Can you you tell us how? You know, a lot of the decisions that my character Hunter has had to make, he's made because he's Philodox. It's, you know, there's certain things that decide where that character is going. And that decision makes for the next part of the story. And if he was around, some of those decisions, or you know, any other auspice, some of those decisions would be completely different than we picked. 
do you have an example on uh, in the chamber? About the uh, the missing arm. Okay. A quick recap on that. Um, the previous chronicle <coughs> that we played, um, Dana's character Hunter did in fact lose an arm in battle. He was very very severely injured, and um, that arm just wasn't coming back as a consequence. Um, later, he was given a chance to have um, a, a prosthetic, and he decided not to. It's just background for folks. Yeah, no. So, so please go on. I'm sure it's appreciated for them too, and, and it's a good uh, reminder. You know, um, it wasn't, and at the time too, it wasn't really just a prosthetic. Um, so not only that, but you know, part of the litany saying don't tend to thy sickness to suffer thy people, you know, having a missing arm could be construed to some as, you know, bringing the pack down. So he had to make the most of that and make sure that he wasn't going to do that. Be the Philodox, uphold the living, and that was part of it. But making right. sure the, the, the loss of the arm wasn't a liability. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, no, well, thank you for clarifying. I probably needed to put a little bit more into that. Yeah, there was a way to, to construe that at first. That was like, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like, okay, so you didn't take the prosthetic because of the litany? <laughs> what? But, you know, I'm the one who brought that up, and that clearly wasn't the way he was going with it, so that, that's on me. No, no, again, I, I appreciate you clarifying, because I probably could have put a little bit more information there. I was just not thinking of it right away. But it, it's, uh, it's a solid position to hold. Yeah. It is, and his character hasn't let the loss of that arm bring the pack down. No, not at all. Um, in fact, to the guy's credit, and we're only going to spend a second on this because I don't want his ego to get too big, and he tried to steal my job a couple minutes ago. Um, you know, when, when they got back to the set, you know, and he had recovered a bit, the first thing he did was go up to a pack that was training and say, no, I want in. You know, and he didn't use as many words, but it was kick my ass. Yeah, I remembering that. Yeah, that's, and I wanted to show, because you know, obviously I can say this out loud, that I don't want this to happen, and I don't want people to misconstrue this part of the missing part of me. But in story, you have to make that stick. You have to explain to those people because they don't know. Try to make it as real as possible. So for me to go into that and go, okay, I'm in. See if you can kick my ass too. So, you know, somewhere on those lines, I'm sure. Um, I think that helped not only show that pack I was training with, but also all the other packs around who were watching. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, it was a bold statement to the elders that here's this guy who went through this massive injury. And as soon as he's back on his feet, he's getting the shit kicked out of him. But he's electing to go and get the shit kicked out of him. You know, make, making that statement that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie down and die. And that was a big deal. But there's, um, a, there's a few things he had to relearn, you know, kind of like behind the scenes stuff, but we did, uh, you know, this, there's so much time has passed now and he's had to relearn not only how to fight, but how to be part of a pack again, because there's a missing part of him that that's a weak part of the team. So Learn to cover that up. Learn to use it, something, you know, along those lines. And again, all this in service of, you know, thou shall not uh, allow the people to attend their sickness. So, you know, proving that he, he wasn't going to be a liability, uh, upholding the litany. And I believe that's what we were talking about there. Yeah, that was that was my biggest thing I wanted to make sure was in place for that story. Because he was understanding he was not going to be the liability. Which, again, is admirable. But, um... I have a question, because you don't, you know, you want to enforce the litany when it's about you. How do you feel, or how would you feel, about enforcing the litany if it was one of us or somebody else? Well, I guess that kind of depends on each individual situation, right? I mean, as a philodox, you have to... It's not just black and white. You have to interpret the gray areas. So, you know, something being a philodox, I kind of started to pick up on is that take a stance on something. 
once you take a stance, keep that stance. Don't don't beat around bushes. Don't you know, kind of trickle. Maybe he can do it this way, but maybe do it this way. So, I feel like I, you know, I've given that. I was given that second chance, and I took it and went with it. Okay. So, as far as my character goes, I, I feel like he believes that everyone at least deserves the second chance. But if they don't take that second chance and they don't take it seriously, then that second chance shouldn't be given to them anymore. Yeah, that's a solid point. Yeah. Um, and I guess we kind of beat around that, but, you know, um, you know, you, we, we understand why you chose the Philodox. And, um, you know, we appreciate, again, it's like, like Joey said, you know, good on you for, for taking that step and going out of your comfort zone, you know, especially for your first character. That's not a thing people often do, especially when you had, you know, zero role-playing experience. Right. You, you hadn't done anything. No. So this was, you know, this was your first time out of the gate, period. You know? Yeah. But you hadn't seen first base. Forget about a home run. You're going out of your wheelhouse. That was great. So with, with your experience thus far, and you have definitely grown as a character, you've grown as a Philodox, what does being a Philodox mean to you? What does it mean? Well, I mean, it's not just you know, the law and order. It's not just the judge, the jury, and often executioner, like Joey likes to say. But it's the interpreter. It's it's the upholder of those laws. You know, like I said, that gray area is often misconstrued at times and can be read differently for different people. So interpreting that and making sure that people understand it, not only that, but upholding all that to keep from chaos and anarchy. Because without, you know, the, the litany or even you know, just law and order to begin with, it's just nuts. <laughs> it's already an apocalypse. Why make it any worse than it has to be? Fair enough. Um, well, here, here's something for you, a little, little elephant in the room. You, you have a, you got a little nickname around here, around these parts. Hmm. Which one are you talking about? <laughs> he has a point. Yeah, I, you know, you, you have once or twice uh, worn, the, worn the moniker of Conspiracy Theory Danny. Oh, that one. Oh, oh like, yeah, I never heard that one yet. Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> not. So, that's got to be a problem in, in terms of your role as a Philodox. Yes. How how do we how do we deal with that? Oh man, it's I think that's part of my character too. You know, that's where he struggles. Um and my my big thing with that is it's overthinking. And I'm sure we've mentioned that before. But yeah, I, I tend to overthink. And because of that overthinking, I start to go astray. You know, I'll follow a thread. And then my overthinking happens and that thread is no longer there, and I've lost. Yeah, it's definitely a thing we've seen. You know, and, you know, like, we talk about this, and we have our jokes, and we have our fun, but, you know, we've we've all seen, like, here in this group, you know, here in the studio, examples of Danny getting onto something, and and he's onto something, you know? And and he'll he'll start moving that thread and start moving the thread, and, oh, look, there's there's a bumblebee. There's a, oh, look at the bumblebee. And then you'll go and chase that guy. And your original thing where you were onto something... You know, you're like, well, wait a minute. This this guy didn't show up for Bond Patrol, and his fetish, it, it looked like it was just just freshly polished. And this is a slobberly motherfucker. And ooh, ooh, he was eating corn nuts. Corn nuts, okay. Which means he might be crazy. And if he's crazy, then and like I don't. And then you just stick with the corn nuts thing. <laughs> I mean. I'm laughing because you're not that far off. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's not that far gone. Yeah, I just made up that example, but it was essentially accurate. Yeah, I mean. it really it was, is kind of accurate. I mean... <laughs> I mean, it might yeah. be pretzels instead of corn nuts, but it's close. Well, I kind of like the nu- the corn nuts. He's eating corn nuts because he's crazy. And that was me <laughs> yeah. foreshadowing he's crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I knew where he was going with it. Yeah. <laughs> So, so like, you know you do that, you know, and, and I know you've, you've tried to fight that urge. Uh, yes, and I, I think I still fight the urge, but it, it comes out once in a while. Once in a while, and, you know, it doesn't help, you know, behind the scenes. Sometimes I enable that by giving you a legit mystery to figure out. Yeah, I, I can remember a couple, <laughs> at least two different examples where, you know, something's happened in game, and 
I start questioning it, and then you're like, it's not part of the story, don't worry about it, but maybe keep it in your mind for later. And all of a sudden, we don't hear about it for a while, and then all of a sudden something happens, and a light bulb goes off in my head, and I was like, that's exactly why I was thinking that. And you're like, yeah, well, I told you not to think about it, and then. Well, and, and to be clear, what I'm doing there is because I know that you will take those threads and like I'm foreshadowing something, you know, like yeah, I, there's a news report on, you know, it's like you heard that news report because like in a chronicle and a half, I'm going to use that shit. But like <laughs> yeah. now you're incorporating it into something, but like the news reports in Colorado and you're in New Orleans. So it's like, yeah. it's in Colorado, shut up, leave it alone. <laughs> don't, don't try to link that to this, please. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of those nice things about Porter's stories too, is he does a lot of foreshadowing and that, yeah, I say that's a nice thing, but that could be one of the reasons why my, my threads go way off sometimes. I, I want to see your murder board. <laughs> you mean with the, the pins and all the strings yep, and the strings and the pictures. And I, <laughs> I want to see that. Uh, good luck. Um, <laughs> I, I need a couple walls. There's uh, not enough might... yarn in the world? No, no. That's That reminds me. I need to tell my wife to go get me some work strength. I'd imagine that shit um, doubles as a hammock. Probably. At least eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> different color strings for different theories. Uh, it's not that bad, but it's pretty close. Well, and okay, so that, that brings up another side of the philodox that people often overlook is the investigative side. Like, yeah, you, I like that part. You have to solve the mysteries. You have to get to the bottom of it because people who are breaking the litany probably don't want to be found out. Right. Yeah, the investigative part is kind of fun, too. And I I think I've taken more of an interest, especially my character has, has done a lot more of that in some of our more recent games compared to just, this is the litany, this is the law. This is what we should be doing. I think the investigative part I've taken more, at least the very, let me say it again, at the very least, the more investigative part on why some of those things happen. Well, you know, I, I've always believed that why is um, almost always the more important and interesting question. Definitely the more interesting question. Yeah, regardless of what you're talking about. Oh, I, I agree fully. And that why is usually the answer. I mean, okay, upholder of the law, and you broke this law, that means this should happen. But why did that person break that law? Find out why, and maybe it's not, you know, it's either worse than you thought, or it's not as bad as you thought. No, absolutely. You know, I mean, motive is a huge, yeah, that's a huge thing. And, you know, when you move further away from that, though, you look at, um, there's just, there's just a lot of logic involved there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's something that a philodox, it's important to a philodox is to have that logical core, that center, to be able to take that step back and look at a thing and separate the stuff from the stuff. Right. You know, and I kind of see it sometimes as a peacekeeper. Really? At, at times. Okay. I mean, you, know, you can probably go more of different tribes who think, you know, they're the peacekeepers, but like if you, I think if you're going into a certain situation, where you're needing the different auspices, I think the Philodox is more of like a peacekeeper. Well, let's, uh, let's jump off that tribe statement. You know, um, I mean, the Philodox has a job to do, right. certainly. But that job fluctuates uh, in terms of, like, I'd say extra duties when it comes to different tribes. There, there's more or less to it, depending on where you're standing. You know, and now you... Um, your character hunter, he he's in a multi-tribal sept, right? You know, um, so you don't get a lot of that tribal-specific targeting stuff, where where there there are specific aspects, you know, that if you were in a tribal sept, mm-hmm. would be kind of your problem, and you don't have to deal with that right now. So I guess my question here is, um, how how does that influence your position as a philodox, and is it like is it a relief? Is it a good thing or a bad thing that you, you sort of skip those more specific duties um, because of the nature of your sept? I mean, do you, do you feel that cheapens the experience? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, that's kind of difficult because I don't think 
my character specifically has been in a a single tribe set. I, I know we've visited, but like stayed in there and then witnessed, you know, the politics of that set specifically. You know, whereas being a philodox of our set, yes, there is an elder who is a philodox, but I and I've kind of taken after that. And there are times where if it comes down to what the philodox says, that doesn't mean I'm going over that person's head or anything. But I definitely take that into consideration. Now I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen a singular tribe's, you know, what their philodoxes do. So I can't really say that it cheapens it, but I'd be curious to at least witness. Um, when it, but at the same time, I do think it betters myself because I can see how different philodoxes work, if that makes sense. Well, I get where you're going there, but I mean, let, let's be specific, you know. Um, you know, it's all there in, in the Auspice book and, you know, the, the Philodox chapter of the Auspice book. It gives examples of, of the different tribes and extra shit, you know. And, uh, you know, obviously you wouldn't, um, I wouldn't call you an expert on the tribes that you're not because, look, right. why, why, are you, why are you interested in what the, the Philodox do in Red Talons? You're not a Red Talon. If that comes up later, fine. But, you know, there, there's an aspect to the Fianna, for example, you know, the, the, this matchmaker aspect, which does not apply where you are because you're not in a Fianna sept. There's one other, two other Fianna that you even know as a character. So it's not your problem. So, so do you feel that you're losing something by that aspect not being a part of things? Probably at least a little bit. I would, Yeah, you're, you're probably right. And that's why I say that I would like to at least witness. You know, I, I know currently in our story we're um, doing a little bit of dealings with the uh, children of Gaia Sept, and some of our friends are there. So maybe eventually something like that. But, um, I mean, like I said, I'm just... I, give, I think it's more of a curiosity. Okay, so you don't feel as a player that you're being deprived something? No. No. Okay. I mean, it's. I, I think I'm getting more out of it knowing that there's a, uh, like an elder who was a Philodox in our set. Yeah, and so you're, you're happy with the representation of Philodoxes in, in your home sept? Yeah. Cool. Well, I know that was a point with Tom because there isn't a elder Ragabash. However, the, the sept leader... Mm-hmm. is a philodox and she's a total hard ass so that's got to be fun <laughs> like i don't yes. have to interact with her you guys do so <laughs> you you have to do the interactions though oh yeah but that's hard <laughs> <laughs> you mean i gotta be a dick to you guys oh man darn yeah can, can i How take I a break that? i gotta yeah fuck yeah, how do I do that after I just sent you in the corner with your nose down? Well, let me stay out of my chair. Uh, <laughs> I know this is kind of the Danny show, and it should be the Danny show. Um, but, you know, Joey and I have both had experiences uh, playing a Philodox. So, um, Joey, you got anything? I actually appreciate the, the extra duties that the Philodoxes have. You know, I, I think it adds more texture and more flavor to the game. You know, it's... I I like a Philodox. I really, I enjoy playing them. When I came into this game, it was, okay, what do you guys have? Where are your holes? What do you need? And if, Danny, if you had gone with Aaron, then I would have chosen Philodox in a heartbeat. But... I'm glad you picked it because I, you know, I think it's a great learning experience and I'm, I'm thrilled that you chose it for your first character. Yeah. I I think that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm still on that first character and I have no intention of ever making another one as long as I can help it. If I would have picked up around, I probably would have switched by now. I don't know about that, but I don't think my story would be where it's at. I think you're under. I see. I think you're underestimating the Ahrond, but I appreciate your stance here. Yeah, you're probably right. Again, I haven't played it, so I don't know for sure. But we'll get to that in the Ahrond episode. Oh yeah, that, that is absolutely yeah. a future one. 
you know, and you, you know you and you subscribe to that uh, that that the same kind of theory that, that Tom does, where you would prefer to learn things about the nation through the eyes of your character because these are your first characters. Correct. So, I mean, like, you know, the, the obvious answer would have been, we'll read the damn Aharon chapter, but I understand why you choose not to. And, you know, it, I mean, I got to respect that decision. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially yeah, with first characters it. because you are, you know, everything you know is through the eyes of this character and that helps bond you to the character. And that's a great thing. You know, more of that, please. That's kind of where I was, you know, where my head was at at that time. And now, like, the the traveling judge that can happen with the Philodox. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you ever see your character falling into that? I think, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. I think eventually. I don't think right now, not yet. Um, I, you know, Especially right now, I think there's too much in our story, what's going on, that's more specific to us. But I think when things start settling down, I think he's, you know, at least going to be trusted, or that's the hope, but be trusted to do that. So when you're ready to retire this character, that would be... I I don't know, that's that's a difficult decision, when you put it that way. I think I'd... I think that'd be a cool idea, I just don't see it yet. Gotcha. So if at the end of this chronicle you were thrown into a situation where you had to do something like that, you'd be in and over your head? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, is that more foreshadowing? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking I don't even know what that word means. Why would you have four <laughs> shadows, you creep? What are you talking about? I, I don't think I'd be in over my head. I, I think he would be a little... I think he'd be worried, but I think he could handle it. What, what about Danny the Player? Uh, Danny would be terrified that, oh crap, this is what I gotta do now, so thanks for the heads up, now I know what to prep for. Oh, there's a lot we have to prep for. That, oh, do you? <laughs> this, this, this is so far down that, that train. Sir, you get in trouble when you try to play 4D chess with me. Maybe you maybe you should not try to prepare as much as you think you're gonna. <laughs> pretty sure that's where most of my conspiracy theories end up. Huh? I'm pretty sure, Yeah. <laughs> Four moves behind on the chessboard. <laughs> You're still holding checkers is the problem. <laughs> You're like, king me. And I'm like, Dude, that's not even the game. <laughs> like, but king me. That's a knight, sir. All right. You can't king knights. Okay, well, then out of curiosity, you've both played Philodoxes. You know, are there certain things you guys tend to do? When playing Philodox compared to others? I, I just love bossing people around. <laughs> well, um, thank you, by the way. I like this question. You know, the, the Philodox I have experienced, and I'm not talking NPCs because that's a different animal, but as an actual, you know, my experience right. playing. Right. Um, well, I mean, you could use the NPCs too. I wouldn't uh, mind a, that answer. That's and such and a long and varied answer because, yeah. you know... Because you have 147,000 okay. right. NPCs. Right, because Moonwalker is not Sage Windover Mountain, is not Nathaniel Owens, you know, is not Jude Thunder Fury, is, you know. Okay, so go with one you played. Exactly. In which case, I'm going to talk about my boy Jude, who is a Shadow Lord Philodox. And that, that's something I, I love to death. I, 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 you know, I love a good argument. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys know that about me. I love a good argument. I love winning these arguments. Mm-hmm. I, I like it when you guys put up a bit of a fight. But never, never, ever play super fight with this man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun. I just browbeat people for like 10 minutes and then I win. Yes. <laughs> no one will play with me and I don't blame anyone. <laughs> um, I think that's a different story for a different time. It's a different thing. But, you know, um, I love a good argument. And uh, from the aspect of the Shadow Lords, I love being able to take an argument. A debate sure a debate and, and, and turn it into turn it from a debate to you're going to do what I say and I'm going to twist your words and the rules around to a point to where you just kind of have to because it's for the best it's for the good of all Gaia I think that's why you're such a good shadow lord you were about to say dick I saw you <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that D, that D coming out of your yeah. you <laughs> He's talking about. Yeah. 
No, I, I have a lot of fun doing that, though. I think it's a fun challenge for me. You know, challenge. Um, yeah, well, sometimes <laughs> you know when I when I first started uh, with that role, I would take the litany, and I would find ways to rebut every single tenant while using the other tenants of the litany. And, I mean, uh, on the flip side, I, I played a Black Fury, Philodox, who was in charge of a pack of guys. So, of course she was the leader. You know, she's a Black Fury. There was nobody else qualified. Oh, wow. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that character sounds like a delight. <laughs> so the Black Fury episode will be great. Um, anyway, so yeah, she just, she knew the rules, she knew the laws, and she told everybody what to do. And, you know, they they got out of a lot of scrapes. So, yeah, I like telling people what to do. It, it is a fun thing. You know? It really, really is. And then, yeah, like on the other hand, here I am. You know, you like to tell people I like. I like to find loopholes <laughs> to to get what I here's what I want, and here's how you're going to give it to me because it's the law. <laughs> you know, when it comes back to you, you have to know the laws before you can break them. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Oh, good question, Danny. Thanks for <laughs> that. That was fun. I I've got a a pretty good idea of what you, where you're going with that one. Well, compared to the tenants of the litany, I'm going to go ahead and guess so combat the worm wherever it dwells, and uh, Garu should not mate with other Garu. Oh, those are easy to debunk. <laughs> now, you shall take no uh, action to cause a Karen to be violated. Okay. Oh, yeah. And it's funny, because what I'm talking about, it sounds like I'm, I'm talking about a Ragabash, and certainly if I left it there... I would be talking about playing a Ragabash. But, you know, I'm using those arguments to, if I can defeat this argument, you know, I, I know I know how this, you know, it, it's uh, it's like looking at the plans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, here's the argument, this is the rule. Well, this is how you argue breaking the rule. Okay, well, now that I know that, I know how to stop that. Or I know how to twist it back around to get what I want. You know, so it, it's fun. It's a fun exercise. <laughs> it's, and I think... You can do that because you relate to the Shadow Lords more than anything else. They're they're a magnificent tribe, and I'm very excited for when we do our Shadow Lord episode. That's a wait, though. That's a bummer. So, Danny, yes. going back to you, I mean, the Metis child, would, would, you, would you kill it? No. Would you kill its parents? <sighs> See, I... That was that was difficult, but then I go back to the two tenth lady that I just mentioned. You know, Garu should not mate with other Garu. Exactly, so they broke the menace. litany. But that's now a warrior of Gaia who can now combat the worm. Can they? Well, maybe that's their second chance that they deserve if they can. But they the can parents, combat. the parents broke the litany. Do the parents deserve, you know, to die? Do the two parents know? The, the other litany? Was... No, did the two parents know that the other was Garu? Let's go with sure, yes. They they full on knowingly broke the litany. Okay. Who's the leader of their sept? No, that doesn't matter. They broke yeah, the well, litany. So what do you not, do? Well, my, my point is that's not my decision to make. Well. In this scenario, it is. It is. What do you do? I don't think they should be killed, but punished, definitely. And what's a fitting punishment, then, if not death, for breaking the first rule in the fucking book? Yeah, see, I... The number one. one, uh, Yeah, that one I'm still struggling with as far as fair punishments. Now, see, I would... I'm just going to be honest. I would look at it and say, if you kill those parents, you're taking away two defenders of Gaia. Exactly. That's so, why I'm saying looking for a fair punishment, and I don't think death is the right one. But, I mean, are you going to ostracize them, or are you going to throw them out in into the, you know, wilds of worm territory and hope that they don't turn? I mean, that might be a better decision. 
exiled from their sept, maybe, sure. Uh, you know, I, I, I disagree, because they're, they're social creatures. We all are. You know, there are other septs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Do you, do you take their, their kid away from them? Uh, again, still trying. I mean, to do you do you open a wound in in their soul that the worm can crawl into? Oh my god! Well, that's unfair <laughs> and and rude, by the way. I, I would imagine <laughs> as a Fianna, you'd you'd want to smash the thing with a baseball bat. It didn't have to be a baseball <sighs> bat. Mm. I Just, mean, is yeah. there a pillowcase? <laughs> Oh, nice! I still I we've gotten some suggestions out that I still haven't found anything that just feels right to me. Okay. But I, I have been watching, and thank you, those of you I who have given suggestions. I think I saw one on there, something about retribution or something like that. Well, when we find the right one, we'll you'll hear about it. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is a good callback. I like that. Well done. Yeah, I get credit for that one. No, I see, and I know different tribes have different ideas of what that punishment specifically should be. But I don't think I've personally I don't I don't know what that right decision is. And that's fair. I mean that's that might be something you that, that you hold thoughts on, but you don't really know what you're gonna do until you do it. And right. while we're on it, who are the people? Yeah. Because it's one thing if you know, you're you're called to accept because they don't have anyone that can be fair and impartial. And another thing that it, hey it's just that pack that grew up alongside you. Yeah, I think that's a much bigger deal. It's, you know, if you're going to make that decision for death on that sept over here that you've been called to do and called to make that unbiased opinion, can you absolutely make that same decision on someone you absolutely know and you work with, you're friends with, someone in your own sept? It's a tough job. No one said it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And taking that... How do you feel um, about the idea of a philodox in a leadership role? You know, um, there's the school of thought that says that job belongs to the Ahram. There's the school of thought that says that belongs to the philodox. Traditionally. I mean, obviously, mileage will vary between packs. And, and, but where right. do you stand on all that? What do you think about that? I, see, it's with my character, and we've said this before, too, is that he used to be the Alpha. Um but I think that he's, he's grown enough to understand why he wasn't good enough for that part. Um, I think the Aharon is, is, I don't want to say pack leader, but I want to say maybe like the field general. Um, when it comes to battle plans, your Aharon's your guy. Should always be. Your what? Guy. Your guy. He said guy. Guy. He's the guy. He's the man. Yeah, exactly. He is you're, the you're, man. You're what? Yeah, I said it on purpose. Yeah. You heard me. That guy is Johnny on the spot. The man with the plan. I, I, I think you mean Joey on the spot. Yeah, Joey. Joey's a good guy, definitely. No, I know a few Joeys. Yeah, you were saying, Danny. <laughs> but I think, I think your leaders are... Better formed for Philodox. You know what? I, I can't say that. I, it's all going to depend on the individual packs. I think some of your better ones are Philodoxes. Well, and I also think that the character mentality, the the personality of the character, the personality of the player, you know, the um, the ability to lead counts for a lot. You can yes. have a ragabash as alpha. I mean, maybe I, I don't know who would do that. Maybe that's not the best decision in the world, but there are certainly packs out there that can have it and make it work. Well, I'm sure there could be. And again, you said it. Any any boss could be the alpha. And I think it all just goes on each individual pack, though. Who's best suited for it? And you got to remember that being... Garu is not just about battle. So maybe that's why your Aram's not the best choice for, you know, pack A. She totally but it is, is for pack B. She totally is. I don't know. We're going back to Joey again. <laughs> <laughs> the Aram's sister? His maid? What do you, what do you mean? 
So on that note, <laughs> um, final thoughts, everybody, before we uh, jump over to the Cubs corner. I, I love Philodox. I've always loved Philodox. They spoke to me a long time ago, and, you know, I, I'm pro-Philodox. I like where I've taken this character, and I think being the Philodox is absolutely been the part of it that's pushing it in that direction. Um, to me, Philodox are the most interesting of all the different auspices. I think they have the most to say. And I'm not saying, like, to say because of, you know, obviously Galliards have the voice, but maybe the Philodox is you know, the clearer mind, the stronger vision. And I think the Philodox is, in my opinion, the most nuanced. You're the judge. You're the defense attorney. You're the prosecutor. You're the private investigator. They have so many individual pieces that go into their role. Yeah. Well, you know, I came into this episode with every intent of being the fuck the naysayer. You know, and, and having, uh, you know, both of you, but probably more Danny, uh, kind of making the case for the Philodox. But that didn't happen. Because, I mean, I don't feel that way, but, I, you know, this has been... I think uh, a perk of enough conversation that it really didn't need it. Right. You know, it, it's obviously an important role in the Gyro Nation, and it is, um, either there is nuance, it can be very, very, very varied. I'm a professional. Look out for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I'm the host. <laughs> but, you know, you know, if you're starting, you know, you're starting if you're new to the game, you know, it's, um, it can be a challenge for sure, for sure, but it's ultimately, well worth it. And I think uh, unless we got anything else, let's jump into the corner. Yeah. Joey, what do you got for us today? Okay. Here's one I know you're going to love. I hate it already. <laughs> I was just going to say that. What would be your best two-minute speech on how I can get people interested in this game? <laughs> I, I've used it already. I've tried this several occasions, and it's worked, I'll say once, maybe twice. <laughs> Go, Danny. What do you got? <laughs> I, yeah, man. It was actually a, a friend of mine saying, hey, my new favorite album's on Spotify. I was like, ha, so am I. You should check me out. <laughs> well, what do you mean you're on Spotify? Well, <laughs> I have a podcast. And what do you think about being a werewolf? <laughs> well, that that's weird. Like, well, if you want to be a werewolf, you should check that out. <laughs> that is a weird pitch. Yeah. What do you think about being a werewolf is kind of an odd pitch, but I mean, I, I give him points for creativity. For someone who has no clue what Werewolf the Apocalypse is, and to throw that at him, and I'm sure he'll be listening. So yeah, that one's for you, bud. <laughs> so, hi. Hi, bud. <laughs> but yeah, it's a quick two-minute speech. You, you want to be a werewolf? Do you like RPGs? Because this is the best of both of those. How about that? He's not wrong. It really is the best. I, I agree there. Um, I have a more nuanced approach. Yeah, well, it's I not quite two minutes, but yeah. um, I usually start with, don't scream, I have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's normally my pitch. It worked for Danny. It worked on Tom. You know, I haven't seen Jessica in a while. She might be in the witness protection program at this point. <laughs> So two out of three, you know, hey. <laughs> okay. Do you do you actually have a, a pitch speech or no? Oh, I could probably pull something together on the fly here. Um, you know, and I, mean, I mean, I think we're assuming in this scenario that some, someone who is even slightly interested and not just someone I, like, found in an elevator. <laughs> okay, say you found somebody in a, in a game store. Okay. And they're in front of the D&D. Okay. How, how do you pull him over to the werewolf section? These books won't give you cancer. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think these books will either. Shut up. 
you shut up. <laughs> no, um, but I can't prove it. <laughs> no, I would suggest that you know, um, come over here, check out the, the world of Argonus. You know, check out Werewolf. Uh, for starters, it's a more relatable and understandable world. You know, you you have something where you have context for everything. It's a world based on our own, so you'll never feel lost in terms of what the hell is going on. It's something that focuses more on role playing and character building, as opposed to just numbers on a page. It, it's something that that can fill can can fulfill you. And there, there's there's so many different aspects of the game. You have your your combat. You have your spiritual aspects. You have you have your politics. Your character growth. That there is something in this game for you no matter what it is you're into and i understand that dnd is popular and i understand that it's someone that people dip their toe but but don't get yourself stuck over there come over here and try this out howl at the fucking moon and do it right and you know i have another little caveat um girls are more willing to play werewolf or world of darkness games than they are dnd i still have a gun <laughs> <laughs> I, I got nothing. <laughs> How was that, though? How's that for a yeah, bitch? Yeah. Um, okay. It was way better than mine. <laughs> Spotify. Cool. The next question. We got two. Look out. We have two. Um, why is the world ending? Oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's an apocalypse. Why is the world ending? <laughs> Jesus. I. I mean, Glo global warming, COVID. I... You on. mean in the game? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought we were getting meta. Wow. I mean, like it's not, but super volcanoes, maybe like a comet. I, you know, I'm not a scientist. Um, in game though, well, it, it's because the worm, which was the, the the cosmic force of balance has, uh, and this is like the Super Cliffstones version, has gone apeshit and has become the, uh, amongst other things, the worm of corruption and, and wants to corrupt and destroy and devour everything. Okay, so the worm is destroying the world. It's trying to. Okay, and the Guru are trying to defeat it? Or at least prevent it. Yeah. You know, I mean, what you're dealing with there is these cosmic entities, you know, the worm, the weaver, and the wild. You know, um, you know, raw creation and then form and substance and then destruction, that, that eternal cycle. And, you know, there are several religions that you can apply that to as well. You know, there's, there's mm -hmm. the basis of that. You know, and, and again, the short version is, the, the short version yes, very is, short. Is, is the worm lost the fucking plot. Now, how do you destroy just a force of the universe of... This is how things are. This is how things started. You, you can't, you can't punch that in the craw. <laughs> you can sure as hell try. Oh, you can punch its minions in the craw, but you can't punch the worm in. You know, that's a, nope. Okay, so that's it for Cubs Corner today. Oh, you know, I love that you accepted that answer. Cool. And <laughs> <laughs> think she had much choice. Yeah, I don't. No, we're saving, we're saving the rest of that for another episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's that's such a lofty fucking question for a Cubs uh, corner. Yeah. How dare you, whoever sent that in? How dare you? And I figured that's why you said super cliff notes. Right? I mean, look, we could, we could spend an episode on did the who started at the Weaver of the Worm. Right. That, I, that's an episode we could do. I have that in my episode book. Did you? Yeah, Vera? How I about do. that? But hey, that's the end of the Cubs corner, and so that's the end of the show, because that's how we chose to do that. <laughs> um, as always, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. Danny, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Joey, you don't have a choice. <laughs> I really, really don't. He has a gun. I don't. I don't know. Uh, where you, <laughs> I don't know where you get that from. That's that's crazy talk. Yeah, who said that? Um, you know, as always, we would love to hear from you guys. You know, anything from feedback to episode ideas to just ripping Danny a new one for the crap he pulled at the start of this episode. Anything that's in your heart. You know, I thought it was fun. So, <laughs> get back in your corner. We're going to put rice on the floor make it kneel in it. Don't mess with oh. me. But hey, you can email us, RageAcrossPodcast uh, at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. 
You can find us on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook through Rage Across the Internet. You can find Joey on Twitter at Rage Across. That's true. You know, you know how to find us. You, you've listened to us. You, you, you've just listened, so you, you got to us. Hey, do it again next week. That's right, do it again next week. But also, in the meantime, tell everyone you've ever heard of. You should tell your friends. You should tell your enemies. Tell your parents. Tell everyone you've ever heard of. Come listen to the show. It's a good time. And they can listen on Spotify, on iTunes, on iHeartRadio. And on Stitcher. And on Stitcher. You can also go to our site, which is... Rageacrosstheinternet.buzzsprout.com. At least for today it is. What does that mean? Again, tune in next time. Right? Tune in next time, uh, which would be our first of the tribal series. So That's there's maybe something fun. to look forward to or something to run away from. But you should come check it out. As always, thank you for listening. And on behalf of everyone here, we really appreciate your support. You take care and be excellent to each other. We'll see you. Hey, everybody. Porter here. With uh, the current goings-on in the world, you know, we know that things are tough all over, and small businesses left and right are closing their doors, some possibly for the last time. Now, a friend of the show, Christopher Cading, over at Strange Empire Gaming, has started a GoFundMe to help not only his store, but the other small businesses in uh, the Maddie's Plaza you know, small business park that uh, maybe don't qualify for the financial aid out there. Now, again, I know it's tough times, and a lot of people are unemployed, you know, some got employment, some didn't. So we understand if you don't have anything to give, there's no problem at all. But if you do, if you have some extra cash sitting around, maybe consider taking a look and donating to a good cause. You know, all on their own, game stores were closing left and right. But situations like this, it, it just seems like such a shame to see something closed, to see a game store close down. Um, anything you can do to help would be fantastic. And again, if you can't, we completely understand but as proponents for the, uh, for the local game store, uh, us here at the podcast, we have to try and get the word out. So, again, please, if you can do something, we really appreciate it. If not, it's okay. But uh, thank you for your time. Keep being excellent to each other. And we'll see you next episode. Read across the Internet's music is... It's Into the Fog by Darren Curtis, shared with a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported license. For details, check out the information under the podcast.